0: Lob Talk Radio.
1: Today I'm your host Jamie Sanders, along with my co-host Denise Jurgen. Denise is coming to you from Music City, and I'm coming to you from Pensacola, Florida. And on today's program, our guest co-host is going to be Reverend Dr. Paulette Hogan, who will be joining us in about 30 minutes, and she'll be coming to us live from, I believe it is Sugarland, Texas, which always makes me think of the singing group Sugarland. So yeah. let's talk a little bit, Denise, about what's happening. Speaking of Sugarland music in Music City today.
2: Well, you know, we are getting ready to probably get some of that rain that's been in Texas and some of those other places and it feels a very very the air feels thick today here, but as far as what's going on in Unity of Music City, we are we are having such an awesome summer. And I don't know about you all in Pensacola, but sometimes summer means attendance can be down a little bit and we have you have the ocean that's a big draw we have lakes here many lakes and people want to go boating and all that but our attendance is up and our money is up and we are happy happy joyful joyful <laughs> so i you know i can't i can't say that i am any better as i as my partner judy would say i am happier than a pig in the mud in the sunshine so how's that <laughs> did you just visualize me
1: rolling around in the mud <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did, and I enjoyed it very much. You know, that's one of the things, though, that ministers talk about is when we all get together is that, you know, it doesn't matter what, you know, you know, affiliation you're with, whether it's, you know, New Thought or it's, you know, the Baptist Church, but usually in the summer months when kids are out of school, people are traveling, they're they're doing outdoorsy things, and a lot of people do tend to say, well, let's skip church and go canoeing. And so, right. I, I don't know about you, but we changed, several years ago, we changed our, our services. It used to be 11 a.m., and we realized how quickly, when the, you know, the kids got out of school, attendance dropped. So we switched it to 10 a.m., which helped a lot, and that gave people time to still be able to get out to their boat, go to the beach, do that sort of thing. So I think most people who are in ministry of any kind realize that when summer is upon us, um, people have things that they try to squeeze into their lives So it's all good right. And I agree with you It's And it really is about what we're offering as community And not necessarily as church Because right. I really find that if we get... You know, I, I really keep trying to train my people and to quit referring to it as the Unity Church and to call it, you know, Unity of Pensacola, but that we are a spiritual community, which means we don't just come alive on Sunday morning and then shut the doors till next week. There's something going on continuously on the grounds here, so I know that's what's happening there. I follow you guys on Facebook and all the outstanding things you're doing. Well, thank you.
2: You know, which is part of what we said we might talk a little bit about for the first 30 minutes is how we move from thinking of ourselves as a religion to being a more spiritual center or a spiritual community. And I find that a, a, um, I mean, it's something that I did in my own mind many, many years ago and living in Nashville, Tennessee, which is not only the buckle of the Bible belt, but we have so many colleges that are religious based. And you can't drive down a street without, you know, throwing a rock at two or three churches on the way. So we are such a religious city on some level of many, many different kinds of religions that it is a sometimes an interesting shift to watch people move from a religion to living a different type of what I consider a spiritual life instead of following rituals or certain kind of things or thinking they're coming in to worship God on Sunday morning or whatever it is that they think they're coming to do because of the religion that they have come from. And... At any given moment, it's a delicate dance to be the minister and to give a talk on Sunday morning in Nashville, Tennessee, because I am constantly feeling like I'm um, working with a continuum of people that have been in unity for years and years and years and understand that we are a spiritual community we took the word church out of our name a long, long time ago and occasionally have to remind people that we are a spiritual community and not a church. But even in saying that, you know, even the way that we come together on Sunday morning, and, you know, I have done a lot of shifting and changing and put tables and chairs and done different things to try to shift people's minds about what the experience is about there is still this need or internalized feeling that happens when people come in to sit in little rows and stare at somebody who's going to pontificate about something. Does that make sense at all?
1: Yes, and that's what I love about when I <laughs> when I go to your church. Uh, I mean, I love that the idea that you move some tables in and people could sit together at, at tables. They could have their you know their coffee with them, you know. And then there you did still keep seats for people. There's some people that still like you just said they still want that. I think we're we're kind of trained if we went to church what church is supposed to be, and right. so when even when people say they left their old church because they were you know either emotionally abused and beaten over the head with religion and shamed but then it's amazing to me they'll come in to a new thought church and you know and they'll all of a sudden they they say oh i love this place can't believe it but within a couple of months they're wanting to implement their old tapes that we should have a, a station to light candles over in the corner well, i don't have a problem i love lighting candles
3: right so,
1: you know that when you start the list of shoulds Right And um, that sort of thing. And so that's what I, for me, shifting from, um, I call it the shamalama ding-dong. You, you know, you put your left foot out, you put your left yep. foot in. And that, that sometimes we go, we're going to shake it up today and we're going to do something different. And that's one of the things... Um, I get to travel, and I get to speak in a lot of places, and I am always paying attention to how people do what they do in their right. ministries, and one of the things that's fun to me about when I go to your church is it's joyful. Um, right. It is not by any means that I, there's no way that I'm going to nod off at <laughs> one of your services.
3: You do. It's you had to take a
1: big wad of drugs. or something before you came in, so <laughs> you had to take a Benadryl. But uh, right, and, and there, there's some people that want reverence. They want the yes. quiet, meditative service, and I go, oh well, that, you're not going to have that up in this place. I mean, no, I've had you're people not. that said. We went to this other Unity Church in the area, and it was, it was very quiet, and yours has got the drums and the, the choir right. with the tambourines. And I go, I know, isn't that awesome? A lady a couple of weeks ago said, this, I've never been to a church like this before. And I <laughs> said, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I, I didn't even wait to hear what the next line, was. Well, well, thank you. That's what we strive for. We want to be right. different. And so I think, you know, we've told our stories on the show before about you grew up in a very religious home,
3: um, very Christ rigid yet.
1: religious. I grew up wanting to go to church. Nobody in my household went to church, but I wanted to go. And so the nearest one they dropped me at was was a Baptist church. And so... One of the things that we've said before, I think we both always wanted a connection with Spirit, with God. But right. some of the teachings felt a little, um, and again, let me clarify, I'm not saying they're wrong teachings, folks. What I'm saying is they were not right for me. And so the challenge for me was switching over when I found Unity. The first time I went to a Unity church, I, I knew that I had never felt what I was feeling in a service. I never left a church service feeling worthy and that I mattered and that God loved me, period. Not God would love me if I did this and I did that or if I didn't do this, but I was loved. And so it was a challenge for me to let go of some of those old tapes, such as, you know, I I said before, first class I took, and they were talking about uh, James um, Dillett Freeman's reincarnation. And Mm I was like, no, 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 ma'am, we don't do reincarnation. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) of the devil. You know what I mean? And so there were challenges to break the old tape. So what about you? What were some challenges for you of shifting from what Mama and Daddy taught you into you finding your own way on your spiritual journey?
2: You know, I think probably the first one that happened for me was meditation because in the church that I grew up in, we didn't talk about such things. And, in fact, um, I can remember I grew up at actually – in the church of christ as you've heard me say and i grew up going to a church of christ school from seventh grade all the way through my undergraduate degree and you know meditation was something that the buddhist did and i can promise you they didn't think at the church that i went to that the Buddhists were going to heaven so it was not something that was a good thing you prayed to god and god took care of whatever it was and right. so I remember one day we had choirs that would come through the town from other colleges at times sometimes and we were keeping these two or three girls in our home and overnight and one morning my mother said to me, "Honey, you have got to go in that room and get her out of there." And I said, "Get her out of there." And <laughs> Like, what is my mother going to make me do? And she said, she is in the closet, and she says she's meditating. And I just think she's crazy, but you've got to pull her out of there. And I was like, pull her out of there? But, (laughs) you know, I walk over to the closet and knock on the door, and the girl, you know, says hello. And I said, you know, my mother is just really, you know, wanting you to come out of there. And she said, I'll be out in just a moment. I'm meditating. And, you know, quite interestingly, because that had been considered in the realm that I had grown up in as something that you don't do, believe it or not, the Denise of back then, I really didn't look into it at all. But I do remember the first Unity Church I ever walked into, which was First Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and I sat on the back row, and I remember the first meditation that I sat through, and I felt such peace and calm that I had never, ever felt before, because the prayers that I had been used to were, oh, dear God, I am a horrible sinner. I deserve to go to hell, (laughs) but I'm hoping beyond all hope that you're going to save me on, you know know what I mean, those kind of prayers, and I was like, this is so very different to just be in this place where i am told god loves you you are divine i mean i heard those kind of words and then there was this time of silence and i may have shared with you before i just sat there and sobbed i was like i've never felt the level of calmness and peace and love anywhere in any of my experiences and it was just a totally amazing kind of a shift for me now i will be honest for about the next year, I would go back for a week or two, and then I would go, Oh dear God, I, the devil's going to grab me up and get me and <laughs> stick me in a hole or something, so I can't do that. And it took me a while to buy into something that felt that good, because another thing in the religion that I grew up in is if it feels really good, it's probably wrong. I don't know if you got any of that, but it wasn't supposed to feel good. It was supposed to be the cross that you had to bear. It was supposed to be hard and uncomfortable. So did that answer your
1: question? (laughs) Yeah, because well, what I'm piecing together, my mind is. So you know, when people say to me, I, I still cringe when people say, "Well, Unity is a religion," and, and it's not. And I said, no. you know, Sunday I did a question and answer. I've never done one, and I've been doing some on Facebook with videos, answering questions to people. So I did it uh-huh. in the service and had a great time. And and I said, you know, the Fillmores, who were the, you know the co-founders of Unity, really had no intention of of creating a religious movement. Right. Or even having churches is what the story is told. Right. They wanted you to come after your service on Sundays out to Unity Farm and have classes and be a better Jewish person and a better Baptist and Methodist and whatever you were. And so I, I just always, what I felt when I found this place was there was such a, a calmness that I, I never felt anywhere else. And. And there was an acceptance, and I still remind people, just because people are sitting in our church services, in a New Thought Church, a Unity Church, Centers for Spiritual Living, doesn't mean that they've, you know, that they have mastered it, and there's still some racism and homophobia and all that stuff, but... The majority of you know, people say, I, our, my partner and I welcome here, or, we're an interracial couple, or, absolutely, but let mm-hmm. me be perfectly clear, that doesn't mean that there aren't some people that may have issues, but it's their issues, not ours. So right. So you come, and you, you feel that, you know, there was that old song, They I forget who did it, but it was about come and get your love now, remember yes. that? Yes, I do. And and I have the choir sing that sometimes because that's what I'll say on Facebook about our church. Come and get your love because people, the most people who are open and receptive to spirituality will walk away glowing. People who are still stuck in religion, they'll come in, they'll say, well, I don't see any crucifixes, and you didn't have an invitation to come forward and accept Jesus as your Savior.
3: Right. You know,
1: and I, and I'll, they'll say, why not? And I say, well, you know, the scripture that says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that is to me what it means to be, and I do the air quotes of saved, because all I have to do is change my mind Mm-hmm. That everything's an abomination. Everybody is a devil and a demon. And I did all these things that I enjoyed doing thoroughly, because the devil made me do it. Right. You know, so I, I think for me it was also learning accountability. I couldn't play the blame game anymore and blame it, everything on the devil. Mm-hmm. That was
2: huge. Well, you can't be a victim anymore in this in this type of spirituality because we teach. In unity in religious science in divine science we teach empowerment because we believe that the the spirit lives within us i mean it's in everything but it lives within us and so therefore i don't have this ability to you know go to the priest and him say okay do i never did go so i don't know what that
3: what that is. What
2: he'd say. <laughs> seven Hail Marys and so many something somethings with your beads, and you know, you're absolved. And I, I don't know about you. I always wondered, well, how do they decide how many? You know, was it de- determined on what you did or what you didn't do, or you know, whatever? But you know, I get tickled. I have a friend, well, you know, my friend Sharon, and her brother was a Catholic priest and he tells the story of one of his favorite, favorite things that he did in the beginning when, you know, the little children, when they go through that Sunday when they're, I don't even know what that's called, you may know, but they become a part of the Catholic Church, and the little girls wear white dresses and the little boys wear little white suits, and they get their first communion or whatever. And he said when that was over with, then one at a time they come into his office, and he asked them if they would like to confess their sins. Well, of course, part of me is going, that's bizarre. You know, how old are these kids? <laughs> and he said, this one little girl had this gorgeous little white dress on, went all the way to the floor and little white shoes, and she climbs up in this chair and sits right there and puts her hands in her laps. And he said, he said honey... You know, this is the time when we confess our sins. Is there a sin that you would like to confess to me today? And she said, nope, thank you very much. And she got (laughs) down and walked out of his office, and he said, I just kind of sat there and laughed and went, well, yeah, nope, thank you very much. I mean, you know, children on some level, I think, know that some of that is kind of (laughs) silly. Does that make sense? like, yeah. you know, what is it about human beings that we feel like that there's something the matter with us, you know? is why I love unity and spirituality so much, because we focus on what is right with us
1: and make that bigger. Does that help at all? Well, and that's the thing to me. I think that's really like the, the you know, the hammer hitting the, hail of the uh, head of the nail is that it's about... You know we can we always i felt like let me let me clarify that I felt uh-huh. that we were forever focusing on damnation sure rather mm-hmm. than um eternal life and love and the the unworthiness message um it was constantly being beat down on us, and that you know, when you're growing up as a teenager, and, and I went to that private Christian school, and I don't, I don't regret the journey. It, it, it prepared me, and I get it, and I'm thankful for the journey. But what I realize is, you know, like we have to tell people why we don't have a crucifixion, you know, a crucifix thing hanging on the walls. And we say, well, in New Thought, and Unity, we focus far more on the resurrection than we do the crucifixion.
3: And right. some people
1: love that, and other people go, oh, that's not right.
3: right. <laughs> that's not right.
1: You know, and you just have to go... It it's all okay if that works for you like you said there's a, a church on every corner and mm-hmm. I remind my congregation all the time do not make fun of and bash other people's beliefs because that's what we will get they will you know people make fun of them. my sure. dad used to say all the time when y'all going to have one of them Kool-Aid services right and I <laughs> you know and I would laugh and I just to shut him up I'd say the first Sunday you come
3: right and, you know yes. we, would,
1: we would laugh but people <laughs> think that that new thought and and the unity and religious science and divine science that were cults, and it, right. and they'll say to me, "You don't even believe in Jesus," and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, when I meditate, I call upon his energy and his presence mm-hmm. to be with me, and to, but I, not in the way that some of them believe. I did. Right. I tried to believe that, and what what I can say now is is like the course of miracles says. You want to be right, or you want to be happy. I'm happy with my Jesus. I'm right. very, and I tell people there's a lot of people in our Unity churches that want nothing to do with that because they, of what they grew up in. So I sure. tell them if you've not made peace with Jesus yet, I invite you to do so because he's really a good guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs>
2: You're nicer than me. I usually say, "What did Jesus do to you?" <laughs> What makes you, you know, feel this need to go new, no, new? No. You know, I had somebody one time that came into the church and said to me, if you ever talk about Jesus, I'm out of here. Of course, you know, there's a little, little, mean little girl inside me, too, and I wanted to just look at the person and go, Jesus, 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 Jesus. and just watch him run. <laughs> Because I thought, what an interesting thing to say to the minister. If you ever talk about Jesus, I'm out of here. But, you know, many of us have been, um, I think it's religious abuse that happens in many ways, have been abused not by a religion but by some human's interpretation of what the religion means and then we've been the recipient of that on some level and i know that that happened to me you know as a child you know my belief was that god was this horrible mean man that was going to you know send me to hell because i wasn't good enough you know and that was my concept of god wasn't you know i i have people here that you know, say, well, I grew up and heard that God is love. I didn't hear that part. I heard Jesus loves you. We sang the song Jesus Loves You. But
1: you, but you better watch God.
2: But God <laughs> was going to send you to hell. You know, and I was <laughs> like, well, I'm going to be Jesus's buddy because Jesus loves me. I don't know about this God person, but that sounds very scary. You know, the thing I like about unity, and one of the reasons that when I was looking for a place because I always wanted a spiritual life and I had not had one, If I was looking for something that unity brought me in the fact that what I heard was exactly what you were saying. Charles and Myrtle did not start this to be a church. They started it in a broader concept of having room for many perspectives many different ways of seeing the same thing, because that's what I feel like happens in unity. Even here on Sunday morning, we were talking about, I'm doing a series called um, Your Presence is Requested. And this Sunday morning, it was about your presence with what you call God, whether you call it God or you call it you know, spirit or, you know, mother, father, God. We had a, a guy who sung a song at the beginning of the service called, If God Were a Woman, Would We Fight mm-hmm. Wars? You know, it was just an awesome experience. But I know that in that room there were many people who still believe that God is a person out there somewhere. And there's right. that, from that all the way to the other end, and quite it Quite lovely, and it's like a juicy thing for me on Sunday morning. We're all able to come in there and have
1: a spiritual experience together, even if we don't all agree. You know what? This is making me think. I think it'd be great for us to do a whole show, I and mean, to plot it out how we want to do it. But a whole show, you know, where we t- we talk about what it is we do not believe. Because even in New Thought, there's there's ministers who have different takes on different things, and you go, "What? You don't believe what right. But to share what it is, what my concept is, and, you know, not from the place of making each other wrong, but to be able to say, um, you know, this isn't working for me. Right, right.
2: Because I love that about unity, you know, and it's one of the things that I've attempted to do. You know, I know you've been here several times, and I don't know if we've done it when you were here, but most every Sunday. I have at least one time, if not two times, that I throw a question out and I ask people to talk amongst themselves. They talk at their tables. They talk to people beside them. And it's not for us to come up with an answer, but it was for us to begin to understand that, you know, after the guy sang the song, If God Were a Woman, you know, then I just began the lesson with what did that song make you wonder about? And so people had a conversation because I believe that our world is yearning for
3: chances to
2: expand their consciousness and begin to think outside the box because the old box is not working for us in many, many arenas right now, if
1: you know what I mean, to look at things from a more spiritual perspective, if that makes sense. Right, and that's the thing, because our guest co-host today that's going to be joining us in just a minute or two is Reverend Dr. Paulette Hogan. And and that's what, I mean, she's passionate about the idea of spiritual perspectives. And so when, we were, when I was talking to her about being on the show, I was like, so, you know, Paulette, what does that mean? And she goes, well, you know, we all come from... You know, we come from different ideas about, I mean, you can read a Bible verse. I can read the same Bible verse, and we'll go, Denise, what does that mean to you? And you'll get something, and I'll go, oh, I never thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. So it's the idea of, like you were just saying, to end out this this segment about moving from religion to spirituality. It's the whole idea. I mean, like, I still kind of cringe for myself. I do not, I no longer care to refer to God as he, Right, um, but it feels strange to say she. It feels mm-hmm. disrespectful to say it. So, right. <laughs> I, I, but in my mind, I'm trying to get it that God. And I tell the congregation all the time, if you're still believing, like you said, that God is a is a person who is keeping a scorecard on us. And God does. Mama always said to me, God don't like this, and God don't like that. And I used to wonder, how does she know? You know what I mean? But. <laughs> <laughs> you know like she's got some kind of phone call to God going on
3: uh-huh. but it was
1: part of the manipulation that we do we do that God doesn't like and you got that memo while I read it in the scriptures which version did you read it right. so i think when when we bring paul led on the phone in just a second we're going to really talk about how we each person we can still be a part of the same a belief system but we have a spin on our perspective of what our spirituality is what it is not you know when i was growing up in that baptist church they would say your relationship with christ is a personal relationship yeah. that always rang in my heart and so i even think today as being a person who does not want much to do with anything religious but spiritually the whole journey is personal i can't tell you how to do your journey, but I can I can empower you with tools. It's up to us to use the tools. you agree with that? Most definitely I do. You know, it's
2: kind of the conversations I have with people all the time, you know, because I'm always, and I know you are too, having people wanting to come in and discuss <laughs> things like this, and I'm like, you know, I can't tell you how to live your life or how to create your own spiritual practice. I can tell you what works for me, but what I know is that when you get into this different way of living you are going to have some sort of a practice whether it's you know lighting a candle and sitting in the silence or it's taking time in the morning and walking in the woods and just being a part of all there is there has to be some sort of a renewal kind of a process so that you understand that you're connected to something much greater than just yourself
1: so absolutely so let's get ready to bring on Reverend Dr. Paulette Hogan. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about her. Uh, she and I have known each other for years, and she is she's just this colorful, playful person. She is an outstanding teacher, outstanding speaker. She's been involved in Unity for 35 years, and for the last 20 years, she has spoken in Unity and New Thought churches from Texas to Florida, served as minister for two Unity churches. And so uh, she served in one, and I'm, she'll correct me in a minute if I say it on Unity of Satchez, Maybe in Dallas area, and then what is it called
3: Paulette it.
1: who I see nobody's in, I don't know that one okay, and but the big one was folks, she was the minister at Unity of Anchorage in Anchorage, Alaska, for the last six mm. years. She now resides in Sugarland, Texas. She's available for guest speaking. Her vision statement is to behold God's unfoldment in herself and others through teaching and acceptance. She has a Doctor of Metaphysics and a Doctor of Divinity. If, by any chance, after today's broadcast, you would like to make contact with her, just reach out to Denise and I on our Facebook page under Spirituality Today, and we will connect you with Reverend Dr. Paulette Hogan. So, Paulette, thanks for taking the time to be with us, and welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, thank you, my pleasure, my pleasure.
1: So, I don't know if you heard us talking as we were we were winding up in the beginning of the first 30 minutes of the show. Uh, Denise and I were talking about the challenges of moving from being religious into spirituality. And, of course, that ended up leading us to the very topic that we're going to be sharing with you for the rest of the hour, and that's about spiritual perspectives. What are they and how do they shift us? So what I'd like to start off doing is having you just give us kind of an idea of what your take is on spiritual perspectives and how they have influenced your spiritual journey.
0: Well, For a long time, and especially since I've been in the ministry, I have so many people come up to me and say, uh, you know, I know I'm spiritual, but I don't think I'm following the rules. Uh, I don't think I'm religious. They're unable to understand that spirituality is what it is, that our spirituality and our own personal understanding
3: is who we are.
0: That's who we are. So just to say, you know, I, I think that we we just have to uh, seek acceptance and give acceptance on a basis that is uh, without question. And as long as we do that, we will help others to understand.
1: Right. So real quick, Paulette, if you could, it stopped right now. So there is we're getting a lot of static. I don't know if you want to move to another part of the house. Do you have full bars on your phone?
0: I no okay I'm moving. Thank you. Yeah, we'll when... Okay, is that better? It's
1: Getting better. That's much better. It's getting better.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So the spiritual perspective idea, Denise. What is what is you know we were getting into it a little bit, but I agree with what Paulette was saying about you know it it really is a personal thing, and it's according to where we are. I believe in our consciousness how we see any kind of spiritual principle the right use, um, even, you know, sometimes we call it spiritual malpractice, which would be maybe the misuse of some of the principles. But it's all about perspective. Can you share with us, Denise, what one of your perspectives has been that maybe changed due to something, and it it was life-changing when you changed your perspective on some spiritual principle?
3: Well,
2: I will tell you one of the things, actually, you know, I do a lunch bunch. In, on Wednesdays, and I'm in, in there with them before I come into the radio show. And we are reading a book called, by Karen Armstrong called The 12 Steps to a Compassionate Life. And one of the things we were talking about, which has really rocked my world for many, many years, is that, you know, I as an individual can look out of my eyes out into the world, I can look at news, I can look at lots of things and go, ooh, that's. That's a mess, and that's a mess, and that's a mess. And one of the things we were talking about today is getting what I I have always called a 35,000-foot look at something. Because when I'm down in the middle of something that I've labeled a mess, I'm not necessarily seeing the spiritual perspective. I'm seeing what might have been created, you know, by human beings in this moment. And when I'm able to, as um, Wayne Dyer and some people say in some of their writings, rise or vibrate above what's actually going on in the moment, I can see a bigger picture. And at that point in time, know how to assist or know what a perspective is of what's going on. You know, to me, I see that all the time in ministry as being a minister. I have to be willing to not get down in the muck and the mire at times with things, but rise to a different level and see something from a spiritual perspective. Um, I had an, an example of that that happened with me yesterday. I have a congregant who has been in and out of the hospital for about a year, and she has had cancer in many places in her body, and it has moved to her brain, and it is inoperable. And they're giving her only a few months. And to sit there with her and then finally just to climb up in the bed with her yesterday and hold her up close to me and know that there was nothing more to say for the two of us but to know that everything was well and that everything was moving in the direction that it was going to be moving in that moment and she knew in that moment that i knew and that i loved her and i knew the same thing and if i had stayed focused on what was actually going on in the room i might not could have gotten to that place of peace does that does that answer that for you at
1: all yeah i think it does and and you know paulette what i was just thinking about was you know in your bio we were saying that you served in anchorage alaska for 6 years and You know, I don't, Denise, have you ever been to Alaska? I have not, but it sounds cold. (laughs) Well, it's absolutely breathtaking, but Paulette, it is to me. It's like being in a different world. I mean, you're so far away from friends and family. And so to me, the spiritual perspective of being somewhere for six years and then having the awakening that it's time to go, what was that Mm -hmm. perspective like for you, Paulette?
0: Well, my. Being in Anchorage, Alaska, is the closest thing to a description of heaven that I'll ever give anybody. Uh, there was not a day that I didn't love it. But I can sum up my decision to leave there with heavy heart in one word, family. Uh, there comes a time in your life when you have to make a decision. Uh, do I want to know my grandchildren? Do I want to be a part of the life? As they move into bigger things, or do I want to stay here? And uh, I decided that after six years, it was I could leave and uh, just have the memories that I made there and move on into another ministry wherever my heart leads it's, me. Uh, it's it's very it was very difficult, no doubt. But I will tell you this, if I may elaborate, there is no place in the world that I would rather be. And you've heard the old cliche uh, I, that when I was in that spot, whatever they're referring to, I never felt so close to God. Uh, right. I recognized the God in me every day when I woke up with my surroundings. And I think that is a gift to have that experience. And it takes you to uh, all the other places that you go because you have known that feeling and you know when you are seeing God in all things and in in yourself. So it it was a beautiful experience.
2: And, you know, Jamie, when I hear her say that, Paulette, when I hear you say that, I I know that there are certain places on the earth for all of us that it's easier to recognize God than other places. You know, I've told Jamie many times, you know, I just think, Lord, mercy, how awesome it would be to be in a ministry in Florida because there is, I always experience God when I'm at the ocean. There is just something about the vastness of the ocean and the smell and just what all is going on there that I'm like, wow, God is, you know. So there are places on the earth for some of us that it's easier, and I think maybe the... um the issue for some of us, or the challenge for some of us, is getting to that spiritual perspective or finding God in the places that is that's not as easy to find it
0: uh you are absolutely right uh, it's of all the places in the world uh, to f- seek that out, uh, Houston, Texas is rather difficult <laughs> i I think so. <laughs> <laughs> But but I will tell you this, just like today, when I look into the face of my little grandchildren, great-grandchildren, I see that light and I see that joy that I can bring to them. And once again, it doesn't matter the location. It is what it brings to your heart. So uh, I think that can be true anywhere.
1: What about you, Jamie? Where where is it easier for you to recognize God? Um, I really think it has to. For me, you know, location wise is is definitely in the Smoky Mountains. When I'm there, I was just yeah. sharing with someone this morning. There is, I want to pull the car over and get out of the car and just be outside. And I, I'm not a huge outdoor person, but when I see those mountains, uh, I mean, my heart opens, and so. And we, I know that we say every Sunday, wherever I am, God is and all is well. But I agree with you. There are places. I mean, when I go to the mountains, the people in the mountains go, but you live at the beach. And, you know, <laughs> and sometimes you wonder in our humanness if we're ever satisfied. But the perspective, right. I think, is that if we do, the, you know, that inner dialogue with ourselves, that I am here in this moment for a divine purpose. I may not understand it. I may not even like it. But I know that God is at work and something's happening. And then even as, even as ministers, all three of us being ministers, that we have our own shift and in perspe- in perspective on, on different things about how we look at, you know, one of the things to me is about the, even the way we look at death. You know, it's easy right. to tell a congregant or to tell someone in counseling about how to deal with their grief until it's our turn. Right, you know what I That's mean, definitely. and so the the hypocrisy comes up about I know the tools and I know how to use it, but the shift in perception comes when I, um, you know, what they say, the rubber hits the road, yes. and and I know that we have to, you know, we can talk it all day, but at some point we have to walk it. And that's one of the things, you know, sometimes Paulette and I have talked about being being a support to one another in ministry is, you know, sometimes people forget that that we as ministers can be wounded by yeah. um, comments, judgments about how we do what we do. And you're not like this one, and you're not like <laughs> our old minister. Well, they died 20 years ago. Give me a break.
3: <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do you know, know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> so I think I would ask, you know, either one of you, what are some of the places that it's harder for us to have a spiritual perspective? Because, you know, I, I know living as a minister that there are certain people, I mean, I, I am pretty authentic all the time, that's one of the things, Paulette, I've never met you, but I'm. what you see is what you get, and most of my congregation knows that. But well, I uh. have a few people in my congregation who think that I'm closer to God than they are or more holy or whatever, and you know, I try to share with them at times places or things in my life where it's a little bit more difficult sometimes for me to stay in that spiritual perspective because I'm human too.
0: Absolutely. So I'm just asking, we, we you all know are.
2: where where is that for all of us
0: right I mean we all have those places uh, there are events in our life that create pain, and that pain is very real right and and so when we are handling that, it may not always be with spiritual perception right it may be it may be with emotional perception, so
3: mm-hmm. uh.
0: So I think that's a a true fact for everyone, every human being. But it seems that as ministers, we are capable uh, to, uh, we train ourselves to be capable of stepping back and taking a perspective, which is a word that we're using, our perception of what is this? How real is it? Right. How much life am I giving this? You know, how much... How much am I getting? Have I am I playing into this event or this this whatever? And uh, I think once we do that, it makes it easier to handle because we have put it in perspective, you know. And uh, but it's still easy or not easy, but it still happens to us. And I think if we deny that, we're fooling ourselves. So uh, I just like I said, you know, I just step back and say, mm, let's see. Now you made this decision. Uh, what? What for?
3: And, right.
0: And then I start. I'm. I'm real big, and Jamie can tell you. I. You know. I'm. I, I'm big with the T list. You know. Uh, why I did and why I didn't. And uh, most of the time, if you're good with the decision, you'll have more on the why I did than you will on the why I shouldn't. So. um mm-hmm. uh, I have just found that to be true, and then to be content with what you've done is the most. That's an entirely new subject, <laughs> uh, you know. To uh, to say, "Okay, I made the right decision. Look at all this joy I bought for myself." Mm. Not, not it's 104 in Houston, and oh my God, I wish I was in North. <laughs> 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 You know, you, yes. you just you just can't do that. That's that's. Uh, that's where I think we get into trouble. So it's uh it's just acceptance of where you are and seeing the joy and like where you are and what you're doing. So that's about all I can say about that. But it's uh it works for me.
1: Jamie, what about you? Well, you know the the big thing and I, I use it often, it's one of my favorite affirmations and it's about us being teachable. Because you know, all of us in our in our encounters with other ministers, whether it's in New Thought or it's in other denominations, sometimes I think we get so full of ourselves that we think we're so smart. (laughs) And the big thing is being teachable. And in our time of prayer meditation, if I'm going to have a spiritual uh, shift, if I'm going to have a perspective shift within my consciousness, I must remain teachable. I must be, you know, it's like when they tell people you have to go to conference to get your, your points that saying that you're still doing your continuing education, and people go, right. I don't need that. Well, right. yeah, trust me, if that's your attitude towards that, you're not being teachable and you're not in the flow. You know, I, I mean, I've, we've talked before. I've met unity ministers who say, um, well, what do you think about blah, 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 and they'll say, I don't believe in that.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: well, what do you think about UFO? I don't believe in that. And so mm-hmm. I go, you know, I'm concerned when we spend more time talking about uh, I don't believe in UFOs or I don't believe in past lives. or My thing is to zip it. And But I, I always say in my prayer time, you you tell me who my next teacher is. You tell me what right. book is my next book to read. I'm always um, praying to be open and receptive. So I think, and Paulette, you can speak to this in, in just a second, too, about for us to have spiritual um perspectives shift which to me it's always about shifting and growing and spiraling you know like in the spiral dynamics that we talk about we re- going higher in consciousness i have to be open and receptive i don't believe you know you can you can attain much spiritual wisdom and education so to speak if you're closed off and you think you're so smart you know we used to say in the fundamentalist church, growing up, that you're so heavenly-minded, you're of no earthly good. Remember that? <laughs> yes.
3: <Yeah. laughs> Fortunately, so I think
1: we we, <laughs> we have to be open and go. Okay. Oh, I never heard about that. Oh, let me. I sat here the other afternoon. I had to wait for an appointment, so I went to the bookshelf and I pulled out one of the George Lamza books, and it was the Gospel Light. And you know, it was the Aramaic. Uh, traditions of the scriptures. And
3: so I'm reading this and my
1: mouth's dropping open, and I'm like, I don't know why we don't read these more, but it, it shifts your perspective and your perception of what a term that has been used and misused in religion to shame us and belittle us. It had to do with the custom of the day, and I don't believe a lot of it had to do with being, and I'm not being disrespectful, being... God's word but it was a custom That the people did and we made it Be about God wants it this way Right. So well, what's you your know, take Jamie, On about being open
0: Go ahead I'm sorry
1: No I was saying, I'm asking you what's your take On that
0: Well you know I think That after much Bible study uh, Not In the historical Part of it I've taken three Classes on that because that uh, what you're talking about interested me so much. You know, what are these people really saying? What what does it really mean? And if we look at it from a metaphysical uh, position our, and an open mind, there's so many things that are so different from what we've heard all of our lives. And that's what I find so beautiful about New Thought Community is because the people are opening up and looking and telling people, wait a minute, you don't have to fear this or you don't have to, uh, do the, anything to be, uh, blessed. And, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful, once again, we go back to the word perspective to have that and to know that and to be able to read that book and see what it was meant for. Uh, maybe they didn't know what they were writing it for, some of them, but, uh, Still, if you interpret it properly, uh, it can be a blessing, and life can be a blessing. Do you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's what I I say. I mean, we always try to say, hmm, I never thought of it like that, instead of going, that's ridiculous. It's (laughs) to stop. I mean, that's frightening to me when we immediately, before we've had a moment to even take it in, we shut it down. And a lot of us do that, and that's why... I say we—it's you know—they'll say to people, you know, well, that last minister at that church was so old. And I always go, when we talk about old, I don't think we're talking about number in years. Sometimes it's old consciousness that's not willing to budge, and so we have to go, okay, if we—you know—what's the old thing we've all been taught? If we keep doing what we've always done, and so to have a new perspective, I go, let's try something different. Let's let's turn left instead of turning right like we always do, and see what happens today and see what Spirit has in mind. So I love that idea.
0: I had a friend, uh, this was happened a couple of years ago, and I thought it was so interesting. We hadn't seen each other for a while. And she was just totally fascinated that I was a unity minister uh, and New Thought. And she is a uh, good old Baptist girl. And uh, so, you know, we had a discussion about the Bible. And I would sit there in just amazement. At the literalization, and you know, she she would ask me, "What do you think of this?" And I would give her my opinion, and she goes, "Oh my God, I don't, I, I never even thought about it that way." And because I could say those, but say it to her, and she listened, uh, Last time I heard, she was going to the Unity in Tallahassee. Uh, that's when when you feel good. It's when when you when you get people not not take responsibility for, but get people to look at a new perception of what's going on and not this stunt, staunch fear and, and you know, uh, oh, I can't do that. I, 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 uh, oh, if so-and-so sees me doing that, you know, it's uh, it's right back to what we're talking about. And we just spend our... Uh, Thankfully, not us anymore, but a lot of people spend their entire life like that. And it's, uh, it's sad. But it we happy when we find out different,
1: right? Absolutely. Denise, what's your take on it?
2: Most definitely. You know, I was sitting here. I pulled out, actually, an old that's about to fall apart revealing word. And I was sitting here going, I wonder what old Charles had to say about all this. And I looked up perception slash spiritual, and he's got the faculty of seeing spiritual reality in spite of appearances that may suggest the contrary.
3: Mhm.
2: Which is exactly, because Paulette, when I found out we were going to be on with you, I got online and Googled you and saw something that you had written about being an overcomer Mhm. and come up over it or come over to the truth. And I loved those two phrases. I may steal them from you and use them some time in the
0: lesson.
2: I will definitely give you credit for it. But, you know, it's like instead of what I think I'm seeing, I'm willing to be an overcomer, to come up over this, what I think is reality, and to come over to the truth. Can you speak to that for a moment?
0: Um, yes, there was. I loved uh, that. That was just awesome. Uh, there was an event in my life. I, of course, I won't go into details, but it was a health event that totally changed my life. Right. And it, and it also gave me a whole new perspective. And when people would ask me, this is where it came from, when people would ask me, Oh, uh, how are you? Are you, you know, is everything cured? Is everything? How are you? And the only thing I ever said was, I'm an overcomer. Mm. I have overcome that event in my life. It will not touch me again. And that's been 30-something years, and it hasn't. Wow. So that's where all that comes from. That, that's very important to me because I really do believe within my heart and this has happened in many other things. Uh, but if we just look at it for what it is and why we why we choose it, and believe it, well, you two know this, believe it or not, we choose it, whatever it is. Yes. And, and it just really puts life in perspective. It, it says, you know, things, I'm not going to use the word, but it happens, you know, stuff happens. Right. So get over with it. That's what my little right. granddaughter used to say. Grandma, get over with it. <laughs> and, uh, and, it and and it works. And and it works and it gives life uh peacefulness and joy and you're able to give that to others. So. That's now I said awesome. <laughs> That's just
2: awesome. You know, I, I'm assuming you probably have read what she wrote, Jamie, but I was moved by just the wording that she used of come up over this, that appears to be like something that is a huge challenge. And even hearing you say, Paulette, I'm an overcomer, that was a huge affirmation. And I still felt the power of that when you spoke it just then.
0: It is powerful, Denise. It really is. Oh, uh... I I I would like that was in counseling a lot of times uh, that was subject matter and I always said let us pray and look to, to to where you and where you've been and how you have overcome and people began to use that you know I'm an overcomer and uh, it works because you don't you don't go back and dwell on it. You move forward. Overcome is a big word.
3: It really and to is.
0: It, you, and then to live it, you got to move forward. You know, you got to be all that you can be, uh, regardless.
3: And uh,
0: I, I, uh, you know, I've had such happiness and joy since that event, and life is so good. I just say, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> You know,
2: I was having this conversation with our chaplains recently and I said, you know, one of the, of, of the quandaries sometimes that I fall upon occasionally when I'm working with someone is they will come in and they want me to pray, you know, with them and we have a conversation, I pray, and then they don't, they don't want to let it go. And then the minute the prayer's over with, they want to take it up and start talking to about it again.
0: Oh, no. They, they, and the, so I may the, use some of this the people with them are, going, we, you know, this is,
2: the prayer is about overcoming this.
0: That's exactly right. Not,
2: oh, uh,
0: you know, let's pray that I don't do it again or let's right. pray to get that out. It's not. It's not all of this that defined. Of course, I feel that way about prayer, period. Right. Uh, uh, prayer is thankfulness and joy and... Overcoming and right. uh, and and giving thanks and knowing that it's going to happen, not ask for it. You know, uh, that's important to me too. That's what, like I said, that's so, another subject also. But you know, uh, I don't think that uh, God in us and God in our world anywhere is waiting for us to beg for
2: something. Right.
0: To, we need to stand up and and declare it. And. Uh, when we do it so much easier.
2: Well, and as I said, I heard, I don't know what Jamie heard when you said that, but I heard very emphatically, I am an overcomer. That's a powerful statement,
1: a huge powerful statement. What do you think about that, Jamie? Well, you know, I I think sometimes if we, you know, could have been raised as children with that, kind of mentality the whole thing about affirmations i just think you know in this lifetime i'm not going to have any and i I call that a blessing but if i did to take a young child and i mean paulette's getting to do it with you know the great-grandchildren and the grandchildren but, about you know reminding them at an early age little things like when they have a challenge or an upset, uh, you know they may not understand it, but to phrase it in ways that they can do anything that they set their mind to and that they are they are loved and they are beautiful, you know, I grew up in a house that said children are to be seen and not heard right and and I think and that that affected me on many levels that you don't even realize until years later. But, I think, can you imagine if we had been told that no matter what challenge comes my way, I can overcome it i can I can move around it, I can rise above it. What a difference it would make in our our mental and emotional and physical bodies instead of immediately going into like when Paulette was talking about when she had the physical challenge? you know, I just talked to a, a congregant the other day, and she told me that she was um she's diagnosed. Um, and they're not looking good. And I said, Here's the thing. It's not my place to tell your story. I will not tell people that. But what I, I invite you to do is surround yourself with people in your circle who promise you that they will only think of you as healthy and whole. They will not name. You know, Johnny Coleman always said, Name means nature. And right. that when we name something, yes. it becomes ours. Mm-hmm. And so no, I said, don't say, yeah, quit saying that the doctor says, and I said, you know what he said? But I said, do, I'd have a circle around me that did not, when they prayed for me, they prayed for my wholeness, not my sickness. Right, yes. You know what I mean? There's an energy there, and that's what I mean about it. for us to have a spiritual shift of perception is a whole thing about I do not want my my people praying for my sickness or my lack. I want them to pray for my wholeness and my abundance. Yes. <laughs> And, and some people and I don't care how long they've been in this, they don't get that still. Right.
0: I yeah, I had that uh I had that happen in Alaska. I fell I slipped on the ice after all the years, once, and I broke my arm. So I go to the hospital and all these people are coming in and they're going, Oh, Reverend Hogan, do you wanna pray for the healing? I go, Look, pray for peace. I know my arm's gonna heal. The bone's going to heal, so I'm going to be fine. But let's just pray that I can stand it until I get home and out of this hospital. You know, I mean, the arm's going to be fine. Right. Why am I going to, uh, I I laugh about it, but why am I going to fill myself up with all of this, uh, oh, it's so painful. Oh, how did, you know, uh, I've lived there five years. Why did I walk on the ice, I mean, without the right shoes, hey. It's life. <laughs> I mean, yes. who, who am I blaming? why am I upset? It's just what it is. All and right, but let's I talk try. about let's
1: talk about that for a second, Paula, because I like what you just said. Mm-hmm. It is about we talk, we teach accountability, and it, and to move to have a, a shift in our um, perspective spiritually. That if. I mean, I teach. I know you guys. I know you guys probably teach it too. Maybe not in the same words, but that everything is happening for a reason. There under, you know, the Bible tells even under heaven there is you know, everything under heaven. There's order. We we think there's chaos. The chaos is usually within us. But if you slipped and fell on that ice, to shift the perception of poor Paulette slipped and fell on the ice. Or is it our spiritual perspective would be what what was I to learn from this experience? What would it represent that I, I slipped and I fell? You know what I mean? Instead of being the victim what we take it. What'd you learn? <laughs> I learned look where you go walk
0: <laughs> that's what, and that's what I said to myself when I got up. I went, okay, just get in a hurry and not look where you're going, and 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 we can, you know, we can use that as a metaphor to many
1: other things, you know. Right.
0: But, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: No, I, I, the whole point is about us being, you know, uh, again back to the whole thing about being teachable. If I have, you know, I, I there's certain words I choose no longer to use. I do not like the word accident. I don't believe in them. Everything's in divine order. Um, I was not paying attention at the moment, and it's calling me to pay attention to something. You know what I mean? Instead of going, oh, life stinks and blah, blah, blah. Okay, what am I to learn from this? And, yes, it may, you know, Johnny, Johnny Coleman used to say that if we walk around with blinders on, we're going to fall down.
3: Mm-hmm. And the question yes. is,
1: who put the blinders on us? What can I learn from it? And her other famous quote that I love and I use it often is, "Things don't just happen; they happen just."
3: And so <laughs> I think
1: it, it makes us be accountable and responsible as spiritual beings. That every and as Gary Simmons, you know, the Unity minister says, "It isn't happening to me; it is happening for me," for which me. always used to send me through the roof. You know what I mean? But it's the <laughs> yeah. truth if we look at it. So,
2: You know, you used a, a word, order, divine order, and, you know, that's really one of the big laws of our universe. And we wouldn't have a universe unless there was order. And I think that sometimes we want something to happen that's different than what this, you know, it's like, I heard somebody say one time, if I climb up on the, you know, Empire State Building and I decide I'm going to jump down, gravity is going to cause me to hurt myself. And so we live in this orderly world. Paulette learned that she needs to pay closer attention when she's walking. I think sometimes we think being spiritual means that we don't have to deal with order. But order is there, and we do still have to live in this world that we chose to live in. I don't know how that helps with the conversation, but, you know, anything that I'm going through, you know, I was was sitting and talking to a parent yesterday trying to talk them down off the ledge because they were driving to a school and they were getting ready to go in with, um, you know, an attitude with a principal because their child had been taken off a school bus because the child had thrown a piece of paper off the window. And the mother was saying, you know, that seems like such a minor thing. And I don't understand why I'm having to be disturbed from my job and drive in the car and having to go pick up my child when all they threw out of the window was a piece of paper. And I said, but there is order in the school system, and there are rules that are at play, and we can't say, well, it's okay because you know it was just a piece of paper. They have a rule that there will be nothing thrown out of a school win- of, a, of a bus window as it's driving along. That's for safety and security. So you know we live in an orderly world, but sometimes we think, well, in the spiritual thing, maybe we don't have to follow order. So I brought that up because, Jamie, you brought up the word order, and I think it's important in this conversation in a spiritual perspective. But also,
0: behind order comes consequence, you know. Yes, it does. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Without order, we do most often find consequence real fast.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you, know, you know, Denise, when, when we had Judy on, Dr. Judy Blackwelder was on, yes. and we talked about her music career, I mean, this, I've, I, Never understood how she could do what she did with all those students. Right. And to keep order with a bunch of teenagers, basically, not only to keep order with teenagers, but to get them to march on a right. field, play and and a, and a horn booster. at the same time. <laughs> and blow a horn at the same time. And she did it like a master teacher. And right. so that's what I go about for us to claim to have. Order is one of my major faculties, and if it's not, I live in chaos and confusion. So for us to, even in our time of counseling with people, because we've all done that as well, when people sit in our offices and want to tell us the story of why life isn't working, is about pointing out to them, you live in chaos. If your home is a mess, if your car is a mess, it is an outpicturing of the chaos within us. Right, And so we have to tap some order, and when we begin to, you know, they always told us about for prosperity and abundance to clean out a closet or clean out a drawer to right. make, you know, room for new stuff. But it's, it's the same thing for our spiritual perspectives. You know, what are they? How do they shift us? It's about us always doing our, our inner work. I think that's what Byron Katie calls it. And looking and go, huh, I wonder why my life feels crazy right now. And not looking at who can I blame, but I wonder why my life feels chaotic right now. And then breathe and be honest and ask for that guidance to reveal to us, you know, asking and seeking. And if we listen, it will tell us, you know, just like I said at the beginning of the show, for Paulette and her husband, to, after six years, know that it was time to let go of a a church and people that loved them and they loved them, you have to have order to know when to pay attention to the wee small voice. Right. That's definitely. Paulette, do you agree with all that?
0: Oh, absolutely. 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 And like I said, it, it, it all... I love the world, I just think it's, and I, I am so glad to be speaking on it and that is you know our perspective because uh we can we we watch them uh, with other people and how blown as, as out of proportion they can become and uh we try to as educated and trained ministers we try to uh understand all of these events and not allow them to become blown out of proportion. And, but you know, it's, it's very difficult because of the events of our lives. And uh, we just, it's uh, it's a, it's a 24 hour job.
1: <laughs> yes. So, it it last, do you
0: agree with that?
1: Huh? Absolutely. In this last little bit of time that we have, here's something I just kind of feel really strong that we, talk about, and that would be, you know, briefly for each one of us to share, and we'll start with you, Paulette. Share a time in ministry that maybe have been painful and that you had some major shift that you were able to see it differently. Just a brief little thing, and then Denise, you share, and then I'll share one. Okay.
0: Oh, uh, let's see. I think the latest one was in Alaska. When I first went to Alaska, uh, there was a congregate, and it was one of those events where this person had made up her mind that uh, I was the wrong person. And she was uh, very uh, belligerent, very outspoken and painful to me. And uh, I had to look back and say, wait a minute. I had to use my principles and know this is not my problem this is her problem. <laughs> this is the way she sees it. So therefore it will not affect me. And sure enough being ignored and not being uh not coming back with with my own anger and up uh, uh, you know she soon came to me and said I, you know I don't know why I felt that way I just thought that you know, you you have all this education and you have all this this experience. What do you want to be up here for? And I said because I want to be here. What what there shouldn't be anything else to worry about. But see, that was her whole perspective. I why would I want to be there? Hmm. And and you so you never know and and, and what if you can answer the question. You never know what people are seeing. And uh, You just have to Think about it I guess I I don't know any other way to answer
3: Yeah
1: Denise what about you?
2: Well uh, the biggest thing that comes up For me is the way I ended up Into ministry because I had been asked by A minister that I dearly Love to give up a job That I had been in for 15 years As a school psychologist in Metro schools and to come and be in tutelage under her, finish up my licensed teacher, and then go through a program that they call in Unity Field Licensing. And, of course, if you hear from her, you'll hear a different story, but my story is that I gave up this career that I had and I started as a ministerial intern on a Monday to work with her, and I had this idea that she and I we're going to do this lovely, wonderful thing together, and I was going to learn from her how to be a minister, and that it was going to be this glorious experience. And again, I started on a Monday, and she left the church on a Tuesday. And um, yeah, I hear no, I hear silence on the other end. That's what I did too for a little while, and then I, uh, what what began to happen as I first called the association with a help, here I am, is that I eventually was deemed by the association as the spiritual uh, leader of the church and had lots and lots of, of resources and support from the association and from Gary Simmons for over a year and a half. And when in the beginning it felt like that I had been screwed or that I was a victim of something... What I know about myself now, years later, it was my right and perfect path to ministry because I learned so much about what ministry is, what ministry is not, what goes on in the life of a church that I probably would have never learned at a different level of perception. And I can fully understand that God meant it for me. It was not against me. But I will promise you it did it that did that perception did not happen in the first month or two. It took me quite a while to really get that because, you know, for a while I was crying and playing the victim card. I can promise you I was. It was like, oh dear God, this is not fun. So that's my story. Well, we've all
0: played that card.
1: Yes we have. <laughs> <laughs> and we might play
3: it again. <laughs> and we might. <laughs> you never know. Jamie, hey, I mean, what about you?
1: Well, I had um, I had a couple of ladies, older ladies in the church who, you know, everybody wants to be my mother. Yeah. And, I, you know, that gets a little old. Um but it was, just, it was just some mean-spiritedness, you know. I mean, and they, they would always say, well, you know, Jamie must have the church bugged. And I would say, I don't have the church bugged. None of y'all can zip your lip long enough. I hear everything <laughs> that's said. Right. And so um, someone told me they had said some things one day, and it was very hurtful to me, they, you know. And so the next week I, I went down to our Bible study group, which is so humorous to me, I went down to the Bible study group, and I, I took my administrator with me, and I said, let's go downstairs. And we went into the class, and I said, let's let's talk. And so I said, I understand last week there were some things said um, that I was not wanted down here, and you were hoping I wouldn't come because you couldn't speak freely. And I said, so I just want to say that, um, you know, it, it's not what we teach. It's not what we do. So anyway, it started turning nasty, and the lady, the main lady said, well, I don't have to take this. And I, and I said, well, you know, well, I said, you're just mean. I mean, I didn't plan on saying that. But right. I said, you're just mean. And I've gone out of my way since day one to welcome you and to be loving to you. And nothing pleases you. And I've had enough. So cease and desist the behavior. And so some other people got got their books and they walked out. And so anyway, her friend, the lady left the church, the one that. But her friend, who was always her, which we thought was her, you know, partner in crime, she she wouldn't speak to me, she didn't like me. You know, and I always say, and I don't know how you two feel, I, I wouldn't go to a church if I didn't like the minister, you know what I mean? Right, me either. You can't mm-hmm. take in any information because you, you, you've you got a chip on your shoulder.
3: But she right. stayed.
1: and So just recently we were here on a Saturday for a workshop, and she was there, and I saw her watching me. You know, and I'm never mean to her. I don't run jumping her arms, but I, I would smile and wave or, you know, didn't take her to lunch. But she came into the bookstore at the church, and uh, it was just the two of us in there. And I looked out a corner behind. and she was standing in the corner, and she started crying. Very, mm-hmm. you know, very, um, it was her whole body was involved in her crying. And so I walked over, and I asked her what was wrong. And she grabbed me, and she held me, and she says, can you forgive me? Wow. And I just froze. You know what I mean? I didn't see that one coming. And yeah. I said, what for? And she said, I, I've, I've been mean to you. And she said, um, I had a dream the other night, and spirit, let me see what it's like to walk in your shoes. Wow. And I'm so sorry for the way I've treated you. I had no idea what you deal with. And the judgments and the opinions of people and I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm telling you, you felt the Holy Spirit in that moment. And I see that lady so differently now. And we, if I see her on Facebook, I send her a message and I tell her I'm checking in on her and I love her. She does the same thing. And so that was a huge shift for me. And all it took was for us to communicate. Do you know what I mean? And I would have never saw it coming. And that's why I say sometimes the very people who we end up thinking are our enemies could end up being some of our closest people in our circle if we would just ask the Holy Spirit to heal whatever the miscommunication is or the misunderstanding. And so that was a huge spiritual thing for me. And and now it's amazing. I laugh when I see her (laughs) because when I see her now, I used to kind of want to move away quickly, but now when I see her, I can't wait to get across the room to hug her.
0: That's awesome. Good for you. Great. You know, I'd like to just say one thing before we go. Uh, I think that all of these things that we've mentioned, and especially that one, Jamie, I think that the the statement that I would, would put, and I'm in the process right now of writing an article about it, is stepping outside of our own ego. Wow. Yep. That's the hardest thing to do for any person. Stepping outside of our ego, which is where we, of course, feel the pain and the, the hurt and the insults and the whatever, and and doing just what you did. It, it's that I think that's beautiful.
1: Well, you know, the sad part, Paulette, is what I realized. You know, we, if we do our work, when I walked, I'm looking on Facebook. She's on Facebook right now. When I walk, when I, if I had not. If she had not come in the bookstore to me, you see what I'm saying? It wouldn't have happened. I I, I because somewhere my ego said I'm not hunting her down and begging right. her to love me. And that's what I mean about where we have to go, okay, my ego or my my um child person inside is not going to budge. So i got to give this to the Holy Spirit, and right. you create the opening. And it works every single time. Yep.
0: That's right. God says, here, look. Look, our spirit says, look, I'm I, you know, I'm going to put you just in the right spot and and le- learn the lesson. <laughs>
1: yes, most definitely. Cool. Well, Paula, tell us before we get ready to go, how can um what do you have any upcoming things? You said you're working on an article. Where can people read your articles when you write them? Um just give us an update on what's going on with you and what we can look forward to in the near future.
0: Well, I am um, semi as as you well know uh since i came from alaska i'm semi retired Uh, i've been speaking in some of the uh churches in the houston area and i sure enjoy that and i do love to write i'm not uh, i haven't at this point uh anything to publish in i haven't here i was in published in texas and in alaska but not here and uh My future is what what I would like for my future to be is speaker, guest speaker in the Unity Churches of the area as far as Pensacola,
1: (laughs) which is already planned.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's it right now for the next for the rest of this year for sure because uh, I have this also I have this little person that I've chosen to take responsibility for for this year
3: so.
1: Well, we just want to say thank you for being with us today. And, um, you know, love to you and the family, and you've been a great inspiration on the program today, and we will most likely have you back in the very near future to share with us again.
0: Well, thank you so much, and and it was nice meeting you, my dear. It was nice uh, meeting
1: you too, Paulette. I hope I get
2: to meet you in person someday. That would be awesome.
0: I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. I just feel that, yes. And, Mr. Jamie, you know how I feel about you, dear. uh, Yes,
1: I love you very much, and um,
0: I love you too, sweetie. And I look forward to talking to both of you again soon.
1: Cool. All righty, talk to you soon.
0: All right. Bless day. Bye. Bye. Bye
1: -bye. She is. She is really uh, a fun person. She is very. You know, I always say she, the first time I met her, she made me laugh hysterically because she just, she tells it like it is, you know what I mean? So you have to, I love yes. people like that. So to me, I often think that, and sometimes Paulette reminds me of the Paula Dean of unity, so I enjoy yes.
2: that. Actually, <coughs> she had a little bit of that draw with her,
1: and I thought, she. that's kind of what she sounds like a little bit. That's kind of neat. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So I think it's. I think it was a good show, and I think that um, I think we're probably going to get some some really great listeners, um, on the archive of the show this evening. So I'll make sure to repost that. But you know, in in closing, any thoughts that you wanted that we didn't cover that you'd like to stress really quick before we get ready to play Judy's music to close us out.
2: Cool. Well, you know, I, I know that she talked a little bit about metaphysics, but I just want our listeners to know that. You know, those of us in New Thought do metaphysical interpretation of the Bible, which, again, to me, goes to the words of what she was using in an article that I wrote, come up over what we think is the real world and come over to the truth of our being, that we are all one and that, you know, the Spirit of God lives within each of us. And there's something bigger going on than what we may can see with our physical eyes. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people enjoy coming to Unity Ministries and say, oh, I never thought of it like that, because we do what we call metaphysical interpretation. So I would say that in that, we are able to stand in the truth of the
1: divinity that's within each of us. Well, I'm glad you said that because the song we're closing out with today that Judy Woo-hoo! wrote is called I Stand in My Truth. So tell us before we close so we can play it, who is singing on this one? Is it you and Jamie actually, again?
2: Actually, th- this song is my girlfriend's sweet Sister that is from another mo- mother, I would say, Jamie London, who I know is from the Pensacola area. So I know right. that you know her rather well, her and her sister. And she is somebody that we love to have sing in our church because she's amazing. And it's her with the Voices of Unity Choir backing her up. And it's called Stand in My Truth, written by Judy Blackwelder. It's an amazing story.
1: All right. And everybody, let me remind you again. When you hear this closing music, I mean, sometimes we're going to mix it up, but lately we've been playing the music of Dr. Judy Blackwelder, who is outstanding. So if you're interested in ordering, you can contact Denise on our Facebook page. Um, Any of the songbooks, all of that stuff, if your ministry is looking for different music, Judy writes all the music. It is phenomenal. So be sure to check out um, with Denise on our Facebook page for all spirituality today so be sure to do that and we're going to leave you now with that music uh, stand in my truth until next time be good to yourself be good to others and keep spreading the light
3: goodbye